What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Conscious Love Show. Uh, as always, I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to today's conversation. Got my people here on Instagram, and we've been chatting already for a little bit this morning. And uh, it's just great to be back here this week, and and great to uh, be with you and and dive into today's topic. So, uh, hello to those of you who are live with me. Hello to those of you who are hearing this on the podcast. And the topic for today is situationships and how to let go of what's no longer serving you. And so um, if you're human, <laughs> and most of you are, you've probably been involved in a situationship at some point or another. And for those of you who are not familiar with the word, <laughs> a situationship is a relationship that's not really a relationship. It doesn't really have a future. There's no real commitment involved. It's just a couple of people who are spending some time together because they don't really have anything better going on. And uh, for whatever reason, and there are lots of reasons for this, they're not in the right place, they're, they don't feel the same way, but, but one or both of the people involved are, are not really committed to this relationship. They might use it to kill time. They might use it for fun, for entertainment, for friendship, for companionship, to have someone to go out with, to have someone to have a good time with. But at the end of the day, there's not real commitment there. You know, when it, when it comes down to it, one or both people will let this go. They won't fight for it. And that's really what defines a situationship. And uh, the reason I want to talk about this today is it's, it's been a, it's been a big theme in the Inspired Love program. Um, I've been sharing about some of the situationships I've been in in the past, and many people are coming forward sharing their experience of, of things that they're involved in and, and things that have been happening for them. And the question that really uh, I think is so important to address here is when we're dealing with these kinds of relationships where there's no commitment and there's no future, the question we've really got to ask ourselves is what is this relationship for? What am I learning from it? What am I gaining from it? How is it helping me grow? How is it helping me to become my better self? How is it preparing me for the relationship I want to have in the future? And if it's not doing that, then it's time to let it go. And I've uh, actually, one of my clients shared this with me. She had read an article and, and when she said it, it made perfect sense to me. I was like, oh yeah, that it was like the dots connected. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But she had read an article where it said that situationships have a shelf life and they really can only last for about six months. And then once you hit that six month kind of place, 
uh, when, when you get to about six months in with someone and there's no promise of a future, there's no commitment on either side for you both to move forward. There's no like deep love or, or wanting to keep this relationship. Like when none of those elements are there, then this relationship starts to feel very empty. It starts to feel very difficult. It starts to activate all of our wounds and all of our insecurities and all of our fears. Because on some level, we're very aware of the fact that we're investing our time and our energy and our resources and our love and our greatness into something that is empty. So it's like I'm giving the best of myself to something that offers me no promise, to something that offers me no no growth, no expansion, to something that's not bettering me. And so if you're involved in something like this right now, and I imagine a lot of you who will hear this message probably are, or if you're not actively involved in it, maybe you have been involved in it, the question really becomes how to let go of what's not serving you. And first, how to realize that it's not serving you. So I've I've shared many stories and those of you who follow the podcast or, you know, you listen to me on Instagram, like you've, you've heard a lot of my stories, I'm sure. And many of these stories, I mean, I've been in so many situationships over the years that just, you know, time and time again, I found that, you know, I was, I was giving my best. I was trying to make it work. I was trying to have it become something. And time and time and time again, it was falling flat. Like time and time and time again, I'm putting my best into something. And, you know, maybe I'm just not knowing when I'm going to hear from the person again. Or, you know, they're they're like kind of into me and and, you know, kind of hinting that something might happen hinting at the promise of something, hinting at the future of something, but also at the same time they're doing that, they're keeping their options open for something else. And I've also been the one who's been in a relationship and has not had any real commitment to the person, but I've been in the relationship because I didn't have anything better going on. Maybe I didn't believe I could find anything better at the time. Maybe I I didn't think I had a lot of options or maybe I was just comfortable. And it was just, it was easy to have this person to spend time with, to have this person to go out on dates with, to have this person to sleep with. And it was just easy to keep that in my life, even though in my heart, I knew there was no real future. And so if you're involved in something like this, or if you have been involved in something like this, or if you think you may be involved in something like this, or getting involved in something like this, there are some really important things to to discuss here, because the first thing I want to say is situationships are not inherently bad. In fact, if you're on the journey to love, there's a very, very high likelihood that you will be involved in several of these along the way. There's a very high likelihood that you're going to, I mean, most relationships, I want to be careful about how I say this, because this could be misleading. But What I want to say is, is all new relationships have a period of uncertainty where you're figuring things out. A lot of people are tend to want to be moving it towards commitment, right? When I meet someone, when I develop feelings for them, when I develop an interest, when I get excited about it, the, the intention for a lot of people is that I want to move this towards commitment. I want to know how I can keep this person in my life long-term. 
Like what we have here is really good. What I'm feeling is really good. I enjoy it. I like it. I'm excited about it. I want to keep this. But then often on the other end of it, there's somebody who just doesn't know. It's not that they don't know that they like you or they don't know how they feel about you. But what it really is, is they don't really know themselves. They don't know what they want. They don't know what their vision long-term is. They don't know, like they, they don't even necessarily have a vision. They're very much in the moment. They're very much in the experience. They're very much just going with the flow, just seeing what happens, just seeing how it unfolds. So you're involved with someone and you might be wanting to move it forward. You might be wanting to know, like, what is the possibility of commitment here? What is the possibility of long term? And you're with someone who doesn't know what they want, who doesn't have a clear vision for the future, who doesn't know what they're even doing in relationship. Like, all human beings are driven towards relationship. There's something innate in us. There's something innate in who we are that craves to be closely connected to other people. And all human beings experience this. All human beings feel that drive towards relationships. But the difference is, is that some people are just doing it out of instinct without any real clear intention. And some people have a real clear intention. And when you have somebody who's kind of operating on instinct they're just getting involved because they don't really know what else to do or they don't really know what they're doing even. They're just doing it like on instinct. They're just doing it because there's something inside them that is driving them to connect with other people. And then there's you who is clear about what you want, who is clear about the kind of relationship you want to have, the kind of love you want to experience in your life, and you're dating with the intention to move towards that. And it's inevitable it's inevitable that if you're dating and if you're looking for love, you are going to wind up in, situ in situationships, right? In situations that don't have the potential to go where you might like it to go. And what I want to say is these experiences are going to be some of your biggest opportunities for growth. These experiences are going to be just incredible opportunities to get to know yourself, to work through your triggers, to work through your traumas, to develop confidence, to clarify what you want, to ask for what you want, to practice having these conversations. Like all, all of, all of these things, like the situationships that we get involved in are really in our lives for that reason. They are in our lives to help us discover the aspects of ourselves that we are not, that we haven't integrated yet. I'll put it that way. And so I remember, you know, I've, I've shared this story with, uh, with all of you many times probably. Um, but you know, it's the only, the only person I've ever been with that I would say was a narcissist. Uh, you know, I, I've, if you know me, I don't really use that word a lot. It's not something that I, I, like, I think most of the times when we call people a narcissist, we're not really talking about what a narcissist really is. We're just talking about how they made us feel. But there was one relationship situation ship thing I was in that I would say this person was like a, a legit narcissist. And 
in that relationship, you know, like if, if we look at, if we look at just how the whole thing unfolded, like, first of all, I was 21 years old and she was 40. Okay. I had just gotten out of uh, jail, which those of you who know my story, you know, that's a part of my story. So I, I had just gotten out of jail. My self-worth was about this big. For those of you who are listening to this on audio, I'm just, it's just a tiny little amount. So my self-worth was about this big. I had tried dating and meeting people and, you know, going for women that I felt really attracted to or, or thought would be, uh, great partners for me. And I had kind of been shot down every time, which was perfectly congruent with how I felt about myself at the time. So no surprise there. And here this woman comes into my life. Now, if we look at, if we look at just the framework of how this relationship started, okay, I'm 21 years old, just got out of jail, don't have anything to really show for myself. My self-worth is really small. And here's this woman who on a self-worth level, we were probably about equal. Okay. She was probably in terms of how she felt about herself was, was probably about the same way I felt about myself, but she had had a lot more years of feeling that way than I had. She, and she had developed a certain cynicism about life, about love, about people where she wasn't really interested in anything authentic. She was just looking for entertainment. She was just looking for someone to play with, someone who would be like a toy for her, someone who would entertain her, someone who would keep her busy, someone who would give her some drama or some significance in her life. And here I am, you know, naive as I was, but really wanting something real, really looking for something real. And so energetically, vibrationally, we were a perfect match here. We were a perfect reflection of each other. Our self-worth was equivalent. Now, we had different intentions in the relationship. We had different views about life. We had a different vision for our future. We had different desires about what we wanted. But did we talk about these things? No, of course not. What did we do? We jumped into bed together. We would have all these hot dates together we would go on adventures together and, you know, we would, we were doing relationship. We were doing relationship, but there wasn't a real relationship happening between us. And what started to happen was little by little, actually it, it happened pretty quickly. So I can't even really say little by little. But everything that was so great and so magical and so enjoyable about those first few weeks or first month of being together started to shift. And all of our traumas and all of our dysfunctions started to come to the surface. And so I started to get really insecure. I started to want to try to hold on to her. She started to get really manipulative. She started to do all of the things that she would do to maintain power. And she also had a lot of dysfunctional stuff going on in her life. And I was receiving the, the brunt of all of that. And 
what was, what was happening was I was building a fantasy in my mind about how somehow we were going to overcome all these obstacles and we were going to be able to be together and it was going to work out for us. And I was building up this whole fantasy in my mind. Now, what she was doing, she had no vision for the future. She had no real intention in us lasting long term. She was using this for entertainment. She was using this for drama. She was using this for excitement. She was using this to give her life some kind of significance. But she knew that this was eventually going to fade out of her life, and she had no intention of trying to hold on to it. Again, did we talk about these things? No, of course we didn't talk about these things. I was living in my, I was living in my assumptions, trying to push the relationship forward in accordance with what I wanted from it. And she was basically just playing with it for as long as it lasted. This was an incredibly, incredibly powerful experience for me. And I, and I'm, I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say that I learned the lesson that was necessary here, and I never had to repeat the lesson. But the lesson was for me to understand that that was not the kind of person that I needed to be with, was for me to understand that I needed a relationship in which I could, me and this person could meet on the same level, that we could meet on the same playing field. And I deserved that, that I was worthy of that. And so, and I, I said in the beginning that a situationship has a shelf life that lasts about six months or so. And this relationship went on for a little more than that. It went on for almost a year. But I will say with, within less than six months, I had all the information at, that I needed to know what this relationship was. Like it had, it had run its course definitely within that six month period. And then from the, for the next, you know, half a year or so that we were together, it was me trying to force it to be what I wanted it to be. It was me trying to get us back to how it felt in the beginning. It was me trying to get what I wanted from the relationship, even though it was impossible, even though there was no possibility of that. And so what I want to say here is this relationship was not a bad thing in my life. And for all of you out there who have been with narcissists and have, you know, have been, had your heart broken and, and been in all these, you know, toxic situations, what I really want you to understand is these experiences were not bad things in your life. But these experiences came into your life because they were a reflection of where you were operating from at that time. And the reason they came in that way was to level you up, right? So if this is where you are, if, you're, if your self-worth is, is in a certain place, or your belief in what's possible is in a certain place, or your, your vision for the future is in a certain place, a, 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 we could call it a low vibrational place or an unfulfilling place, or a disempowered place. When you're living in that place, you are going to call in relationships that are a reflection of that place. 
And, and my friends, I, I really want you to hear this. These relationships are gifts. They are gifts to you. And they are there for a reason. And they have come into your life to level you up. They have come into your life to serve as a reflection of where you are currently operating from. And, and to give you the message that you are better than this. I want everyone to hear that. They have come into your life to serve as a reflection of where you are currently operating from and give you the message that you deserve better than this. Okay? So that's, that's the first thing to just really let that sink in. These are not accidents. It's not that something has gone wrong. It's not that there was a glitch in the matrix and you got the relationship that wasn't right for you. No, I, I really want you to hear this. And, and you may even resist this because there's something in you that wants to hang on to the idea of being a victim or hang on to the idea that it wasn't my fault or it was all their fault. Or, but, but I really want you to hear this because this is where your freedom lies. It wasn't an accident. And I'm not saying it was your fault, but I'm saying it was the perfect experience for you to have at that time. It came into your life to level you up. It came into your life to hurt you so that you would realize that you deserve not to hurt in that way. And you would make a better choice for yourself. That's why it came into your life. And so the topic of today is how to let go what no longer serves me. And if I go back to that situationship that I was talking to you about, the, the, the woman that, you know, I say the only time in my life I've ever been with uh, someone who I would say was a legit narcissist. And if I go back to that relationship, that relationship served me for a period of time, right? She came into my life. Now, one, she just, one way that it served me was just letting me blow off some steam, <laughs> I just needed somebody to relate with. It had been so long since I'd been in a relationship. It, like I, like I shared, I, I, I had come out of jail. I had, you know, I was in the process of like getting my life together. And it had been so long since I had just related with anyone in a meaningful way. So like I could just say thank you for giving me the space to relate with someone and, and just get get familiarized with being in relationship with someone. Like I needed that at that time in my life. And then it allowed me to introspect. As I was doing things in this relationship that I would have never done in a million years. And I was doing them for her to try to give her what she needed, to try to make her happy, to try to get her to like me, to try to get her to think I was, oh, this great guy that she should respect and honor and be good to and all this stuff, right? So in, in seeing myself do all of this, it forced me to reflect on who am I? What kind of man am I? What kind of human being am I? What kind of life do I want to live? What kinds of things do I want to be doing? What kind of people do I want to be in relationship with? Now, of course, 
there was a part of me that resisted this kind of introspection. And there was a part of me that wanted to ignore those difficult questions. And some of my friends are saying to me like, you know, bro, you, you might really want to consider if this is the right girl for you. <laughs> like, you know, like some of my friends, like just being honest with me, like, you know, you really might want to think this one through. And there was a part of me that resisted that. And like, I, I mean, like, honestly, if I had really been honest with myself, I would have known without a doubt, without even a shred of doubt, that there was no chance this relationship was going to work out long term, that there was no chance that she was my forever person. Like, if I had really been honest with myself, it was fucking obvious. I knew that. But I didn't want to own up to that. Why? Because I wanted to keep the relationship going. Because I, I wanted to hang on to the belief that somehow, some way, we could overcome all these impossible circumstances and have the love that I wanted to have with her. And the truth is, I never even honestly asked her if she wanted to have that with me. Because I didn't want to hear her answer. I just made the assumptions that I needed to make to keep moving forward in the way I wanted to make them, in the way I wanted it to go. And so I did get to a point, and, and this is why I say, you know, this relationship had definitely run its course within six months, and I pushed it for another year, right? And But I did come to a point where the pain had gotten so great and just the, the exhaustion of trying to work with this incredibly difficult person and trying to give and give and give and give to someone who is just taking and taking and taking and taking and never giving anything in return. And I finally got to a point where the pain and the exhaustion and the frustration of this was so great that I was just like, I don't even care. I don't even care if I'm alone. I don't even care if I never meet anyone ever again. Like, I just, like, to be free of this is better. And that was the moment I leveled up. That was the moment that this relationship that I, that I integrated the lessons from this relationship and I leveled up. And I never ended up with anyone like that ever again. Now, it took me a little bit longer than maybe it could have to learn the lesson. I could have learned it a little bit quicker. But what I want to say is that it was, I got it. And it, it was a valuable experience because I got it. Now, this is what some of you do. And those of you, you're going to know who you are when I'm talking to you right now. Some of you get involved with the person who is readily available, with the person who is easy, with the person who is accessible, with the person who doesn't necessarily challenge you in a meaningful way. And you just try to hang on to that. And this is, this is going to kind of be the definition of a situationship here because those people are never going to be your forever person. The person who's just 
the person who doesn't require any growth from you or any work from you, the person who, like, I don't know if I'm communicating this correctly. I want to I be careful about what I say here. But when you just, when you just grab onto someone who's right there and you try to hang on to them without being conscious about who this person is, without having those difficult conversations about what do you really want in your life? You know, do we even want the same things? Like, I'm looking to get married and have a family. Like, do you want that too? Right? When you just, when you just hold on and hope for the best. And then what happens is this relationship will often not be what you're looking for. But rather than really integrating and learning the lessons that are being offered you in this relationship, you just keep hanging on. You keep pushing. You keep fighting. And then eventually, that person leaves you. Because they just don't want to deal with your pushing anymore. So you get involved with someone who doesn't share your vision, who doesn't share your goals for the future, who isn't looking for the same things you're looking for, who there's no real potential to build a life here. But rather than really diving in and opening that up and exploring that and discovering that and figuring that out and owning that and being honest about that, you avoid that aspect of the relationship. And you just try to hang on and hope for the best. And then eventually, that person, because they don't share your vision, because they don't want the same things, because they never had any real intention in this relationship to begin with, that person leaves you. And now you've missed the opportunity to learn the lesson. Because the lesson really was, and I want everyone to get this, in all of your situationships, the lesson really is for you to leave in one way or another. The lesson really is for you to recognize that it is not what you want and choose something better for yourself. And if you hang on until that person leaves you, you've missed the opportunity to learn the lesson. Because now you're feeling rejected you're feeling abandoned, you're feeling heartbroken, you're feeling unworthy, you're feeling like I gave them everything, I gave them my best, I did everything I could do, and it's and it still wasn't enough, and that means I'm not enough. And now you've lost your opportunity to learn the lesson. I hope everybody's following me on this. Because now you're regressing. Now you're going backwards. You're going in the opposite direction. You see, you've spent a year or a couple of years in a relationship that never had the opportunity to offer you what you really wanted. And over this time, rather than really leveling up in this relationship and recognizing that it wasn't the relationship for you, instead of leveling up, you've gotten beat it. You've gotten beat up. See, this relationship has beat you up. And now when the person just decides they're done with you because they never really wanted you to begin with, it, it leaves you 
it leaves you in a completely different place than if you had recognized on your own that this was not what you wanted. And then what's going to happen most of the time, and there's, there's obviously exceptions here, and, and I'm not saying that you, you always have the opportunity to make a different choice, but what's going to happen most of the time is you are going to repeat that exact same process. You're going to get involved with the first person who's available and it's easy and it doesn't challenge you. It doesn't cause you to grow. And then you're going to have another opportunity to learn that lesson again. You're going to have another opportunity to learn that lesson again. And you're going to go through that whole experience again. Now, it might be a little bit different, right? Maybe it's with someone who's, maybe they're a nicer person, right? Maybe maybe the last person was a complete toxic whatever. And, you know, this person is actually a decent person, but they just don't feel the same way or want the same things as you do. So the flavor might be a little bit different. I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same thing, but what you're going to do is you're going to recreate another situation that has similar elements to the previous one. And you're going to have the opportunity to learn the lesson again. And I often say this, I have, I have found this to be one of the most fundamental truths about life is if you don't learn the lesson, the lesson will repeat itself. Just This is just such a fundamental truth that I have come to see in every aspect of life, is that life is always bringing you lessons. It's always bringing you opportunities to grow. It's always bringing you opportunities to expand your awareness, to know yourself more deeply, to clarify what's in your heart more deeply. Life is always bringing you these opportunities. And when you choose to take the opportunities, you level up, your experience of life becomes a complete transformation, and you move forward into a whole new experience of life that transcends everything you had known before that. And when you don't learn the lesson, you, you continue to exist within the same paradigm. You continue to exist within the same frame of reference, the same worldview, the same perceptions and perspectives about things. And then you have to once again recreate a situation that is going to allow you to level up. So I hope what I'm saying is landing with everyone. If this is landing right now, those of you who are live with me, just go ahead, tap that heart a few times. I want to know who's resonating with this message today. Let me know if this is, if this is landing for you, if this is resonating for you. Every time, every relationship you get involved in, every person that you meet, every experience is an opportunity for you to access more of your power for you to clarify what you want, for you to ask those difficult questions. You know, like, I want you to think about this. Like, if I go, if I go back to the, the relationship I was talking about earlier with this woman, I was, I was 21, she was 40. 
We both had zero self-worth. You know, I was trying to find love and she was trying to find entertainment and we were a perfect match for each other at that place in our lives. And again, I had no awareness, okay? I had never spoken with a relationship coach before. I had never done any kind of personal transformation program. Like, I mean, I was just a dummy who had just gotten out of jail and was like trying to piece my life together, okay? Like, I had no awareness at all. But if I had been aware, like, let's just look at that same relationship if I had done it from a conscious place. Like, what would I have done? Well, first of all, I probably wouldn't have jumped into bed with her on the first day. And and why? Well, because frankly, I would have wanted to know who she was and the kind of person she was before I opened myself up to her on that level. You know, like, sex is an energetic exchange. And when you become that intimate with someone, like when you, when you allow someone to enter your physical space like that and you, you connect with them in that way, you're, you're blending your energy with them. And there are side effects to that. You know, if, if it's a really, if it's a really amazing person with an amazing heart and, and like a loving and kind heart, then you are going to pick up on that. You're going to feel that and and sharing your energy with them in that way is going to bring you to life. And if it's somebody who is not that way, somebody who's maybe highly selfish or highly manipulative or, or, you know, however it might be, then blending your energy with them is, is going to have a side effect as well. And you're going to feel dragged down by it. I see someone leaves a comment. They say, what about if it's just fun for both of you? Well, it can be just fun, but that energetic exchange is still there. I mean, lots of people have sex just for fun, but they're still exchanging their energy. They're still feeding off of what the other person has to offer, and they're still carrying that with them when they leave. So if I had been conscious, rather than just trying to jump into bed with her, even though I don't know who she is, I don't know the kind of person she is, I don't know how she's lived her life, I don't know who else she's been with recently, right? Like, I didn't know any of that, but it didn't matter to me because I was just ignorant and in the moment. But if I had been, I would have been interested in what kind of person she was. I would have wanted to know about her life. I would have wanted to know about her experience. I would have wanted to know about her beliefs. I would have wanted to know about her vision for the future. I would have wanted to know about how she feels about life, about what her, like, like she was a very cynical person. She was a very judgmental person. She was a very like harsh and critical person. And it wouldn't have been difficult for me to figure all of that out about her if I had been conscious enough to even care to find out. But you see, I was too busy trying to get my needs met as fast as possible that I didn't even want to, that I didn't even care to find out about that stuff. And in fact, the the more the relationship deepened, I cared about that stuff less and less and less because intuitively I knew that if I were to open those doors with her, my illusion of this relationship would have been broken 
And I wouldn't have been able to keep pretending that it was something it wasn't, right? So not only was I not conscious enough to ask those questions and to really go there with her, on a certain level, I didn't even want to because energetically I could feel the kind of person she was. And I didn't want to face up to that. Now, the deeper we got into relationship, it became harder and harder and harder to ignore the kind of person she was. I mean, it, it just, it became so obvious in the things she would say and the things she would do in the way she would treat me. It, it just became so obvious. And so had I been conscious, I would have made that the priority. See, I wouldn't have gone into it thinking I need someone to cure my loneliness. I need someone to meet my sexual needs. I need someone to give me some significance in my life. I need someone to give me some excitement in my life. I need someone to give me some validation that I'm, that I'm enough for another human being to want to be in a relationship with, right? Like that was, that was my concern in that relationship. And like, frankly, that was just as deep as I got. I, I didn't have any more depth than that. In my, in my view at that point, that was what I thought relationships were about. They were about validating me, meeting my needs, making me feel good about myself and having someone to have a good time with. And because I wasn't any more conscious than that, I wasn't able to show up any differently in the relationship. But if we move on to a couple years in the future and some of the relationships I got involved in later, you know, I was able to have some of these conversations. I was able to find out these truths about someone. I was able to, to make that a priority. And it was, it was this first experience and, and there were definitely others. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I learned the lesson from her and I was done. I mean, I had a lot of lessons. Okay. I mean, some of you, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about all my different lessons. But, but the point is, is that each of these experiences made me a little more conscious, made me a little more available to create the kind of relationship I wanted. And so for those of you who are listening to this right now, and maybe you're recently going through a breakup, maybe you're single and, and looking for a relationship, but you know, wherever you are, maybe you're in a situationship right now, you're trying to figure this out and navigate it. You know, what we've really got to, what we've really got to recognize is that any, any relationship you get involved in, Like your, your role in that relationship is to find out if this is someone you can create your vision with. That's it. And, and if, if you find out it is, then you commit to that vision together and you start creating it. And if you find out it isn't, then your role is to, is to be ready to let that person go so you can open up to the reality of the vision that you have. 
All right. So if you're saying, you know, I want, I want a life partner. I want to get married. I want children. I want a family. Or maybe it's not like that for you. Maybe it's, I just, I want someone that we can commit to traveling the world together for the rest of our lives and just, you know, creating the most beautiful life we can have. Maybe it's not about a home and kids and family. Maybe it's about adventure. But if you have a vision for partnership, if you have a vision for lifetime commitment, and by the way, you don't, you don't have to have that. It's okay if you don't, but many, many people do. I, I think there's something that is just innate in, in human beings that, that to like so many of us crave that. So many of us deeply desire that. And if that's you, and if you deeply desire that, then you've got to start holding yourself to that standard. And so when you meet someone, I always say, give it three months to find out if this person is someone you actually want to be with. You know, give it three months of just getting to know them without even saying, I want to be with them or not, right? Just three months of like, I just want to talk to them. I just want to go out on dates with them. I just want to spend some time with them. I just want to get a feel for the kind of human being they are and really feel in my heart if this is the kind of human being I want to be with. And then... When you're clear, and, and sometimes you get clear within two months or six weeks or something like that, you know, those of you who get clear really, really fast, that's a little concerning for me because that tells me that you're not really paying attention. You're just trying to move forward and get what you want, right? So taking a little bit of time to, to really feel out the person and feel into your own heart. And, and is this really a, somebody that I resonate with in a deep way? Is this really somebody that I, I feel like, like this is the kind of person I could spend my life with? And those of you who make that decision after a few dates, you, you know, like that's, that's just, I mean, way too fast. And you're just, you're not really feeling into it. You're just moving forward in your mind with what you want. But if you take a, a month or a couple months or three months to, to really feel into this and you say, you know what, like this is somebody that I really, really strongly feel that I, that I would like to be with, that I really, really strongly feel that this is the kind of person I would want to be with. And once you have clarity around that, then you start talking to them about what do they want? What is their vision? And also you, you could have these conversations beforehand too, right? I'm not saying that you have to wait three months to have these conversations. You could, you could be having these conversations along the way. And, and these conversations could actually be part of what has you realize they are somebody you really want to be with, right? So I'm not saying you have to wait three months before having these conversations, but you know, give it, give it a few weeks, give it maybe a month or two to really just experience the person. And then you start finding out, okay, you know, what's their vision for the future? What's their dream look like? What do they want long-term? You know, if I want kids, do they want kids? Do they have kids? Am I, am I okay with being a part of their family and their kids if that's the case, right? Like all this stuff. And you start to really be a critical thinker, 
really ask the difficult questions. Like I would say, see, this is actually a great point right here. So many people get into a relationship and try to hang on to it. Like, oh my God, I just hope nothing goes wrong. I hope I don't lose this person. I, I hope they like me back. I hope we stay together. I would actually advise the opposite. Try to break it up and not, and I want to be clear about what I mean by that. Not in an antagonistic way. You know, don't go like, don't go doing shitty things to try to, you know, break them up with you and just see how much they'll handle. I, I don't mean that at all. Okay. Like, let me be very clear. But anything that you're afraid might ruin the relationship, right? Like talking about commitment, talking about long-term vision, talking about children, talking about family. And whenever, whenever you want to know something and you're afraid that you asking that question or going there might cause the relationship to end. What most people do when they feel that is they go, oh, I'm not going to ask that now. I'm just going to wait. Maybe there'll be a better time later. Bad approach. That should actually be your red flag that tells you, uh, th that tells you like it's time to have that conversation. Right. I see someone talking about, I see someone mention talk about boundaries too. Absolutely. Like, and some, sometimes people think like, I, I really feel like I should set a boundary right now, but I'm afraid if I set this boundary, I'll upset this person or they won't like me as much or they'll lose interest. Awesome. As soon as you see that fear, that's how you know it's time to create that boundary. And so when I say like, instead of trying to hold on to it, try to break it up. I don't mean like go out of your way to sabotage it, but I mean, really challenge the relationship, test the relationship. You know, I, someone sent me a message the other day in my DMs and I was reading through what she said. And she was just, she was saying like, there was this guy I was dating and we had this amazing connection and it was so deep and it was so passionate and it was so, uh, and, and all this stuff. And then, and then she goes, and then I finally brought up the conversation of commitment after we've been together for six months and he completely withdrew and, and now he's not interested in me. And he says, we don't want the same things. And he says, he can't give me what I'm looking for. And I feel like I ruined it by bringing it up. And that is the perfect example of what not to do. And I say this with love, but it's the perfect example of what not to do. Okay. My, my dear, and if, if you hear this message, the person who messaged me, then I hope this, I hope this message makes it to you somehow. You did not ruin it by bringing it up. You revealed it by bringing it up. You see, what you were afraid of, the, the relationship ending, the reason you were so afraid of it was because on some level, like, listen, you're not dumb. And I'm talking to the person who sent the message and I'm talking to everyone else. Like, we're not stupid. None of us are stupid. We act stupid sometimes because we're afraid. And our fear causes us to not access our wisdom. But we're not stupid. And when you're involved with someone who does not have the same level of commitment that you have, you know it in your heart. You can feel it. 
everything they say and everything they do is, is giving you a message of what they, what their true intentions are. You know, I remember I was with a woman and this is not my proudest moment by any means, but I also, I was, I was who I was at the time. I didn't know any better either. And I was with a woman for about a year and a half. And we started it out. It started out as a legit situationship, right? Like, like I told her and, and we had sex the first night we met. And, and I told her before we had sex, I, I said, listen, like, I just want to be clear. This is just sex, right? No commitment. Like, I, I just want to be clear about that. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. No problem. And I was like, all right. And so we had sex and then, and then in, in my mind, we were done. But then she starts reaching out to me and she starts wanting to hang out and I start feeling guilty. I start feeling like, man, you know, I mean, I should give her a chance, right? Like it's, it's not fair for me to not even give her a chance. So I was like, all right, let's go on a few dates. Let's, let's see what happens. And I knew, I knew from the very beginning that I was not interested in this person, that she was not the kind of person that I saw my life partner being. She was not, she didn't fit my vision for a relationship and what I wanted in my life. And I knew that. I, I knew that from the beginning. But she was very, very eager to be with me. And I didn't have anything going on in my life. And I was struggling with my own self-worth and, and all this stuff. And so it was very easy for me to just let her hang around. And so I was like, sure, my friend's having a party tonight. Why don't we go to a party? And, and then we go to a party. And then, of course, we sleep together again. And then, you know, and now we're texting, you know, every day and, and she's like, Hey, would you want to hang out again? And so we, we start hanging out and we start hanging out on a regular basis and we start having the conversation about, okay, what are we doing here? And I told her, I said like, listen, this is not a relationship. Okay. We're just friends. We're just hanging out. We're just having a good time. And she's like, okay, got it. No commitment no plans. And she was like very agreeable about all this, but I, I also knew that she wanted more. And that was a reflection of her own self-worth. Her willingness to agree to all of this was her own self-worth stuff. But so we were together for probably about six months, eight months, something like that. And, and I was maintaining this, listen, we're not boyfriend, girlfriend. We're not in a relationship. We're just hanging out. And, and she would, she would reaffirm that with me. She'd be like, yeah, got it. We're, we're just friends. We're just hanging out. No commitment. No, and then at, at one point after we'd been together for like six or eight months and this wasn't, it hadn't ended. It didn't look like it was going to end. I'm in my mind and I'm going like, okay, why not just be her boyfriend? Like, why am I, why am I like withholding that from her when I know she wants it and I'm basically her boyfriend anyway? Like, why am I withholding that from her? And so I decided, okay, I, I said to her one night, you know, I, I think we can be boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and I was like, you know, in, in all respects, we really are. And there's no reason for us to just not have that label. So let's just do it. And now we're boyfriend and girlfriend, right? Now in her mind, she's going, oh, the relationship is moving forward. It's actually becoming what I want it to. And I want everyone to hear this. In my mind, nothing had changed. And so 
She thinks that by just hanging on, if I just hang on long enough, if I just be the cool girl who doesn't have any problems with anything and I just give him everything he wants, we're going to eventually move into the relationship. And even when I agreed to be her boyfriend, how I felt about her, my plans and my vision for the future, none of it had changed. In my mind, this relationship always had a shelf life. I knew it was going to end. But meanwhile, she's building up these fantasies in her mind. And the, the reason I'm telling this whole story right now, the, the point I was trying to get to, is that everything I said and did in that relationship, and, and I wasn't rude to her. I was actually very kind to her. I was very loving to her. I treated her well. I was not, I was not a jerk in, in any sense of the word, except for maybe leading her on. Maybe I was a jerk in that sense. But but I, I was good to her. I treated her well and we treated each other well. And, and in a lot of ways, we had a good relationship. But the way that I would talk to her, the, the way that I would communicate to her, the way that I would talk about our relationship was not reflective of somebody who was in love or had real commitment. It wasn't the way I talked to my wife or the way I talk about my wife, or the way I talk about our relationship. It was, it was very, very different than that. And she did not want to see that because she wanted to hold on to the relationship. And so she did what I, what I said earlier, was she held on to this until I ended it with her which sent her in to a, a tailspin of self-worth stuff. And, you know, I just, I got to a point where it was so hard for me to keep this going because I knew I didn't want it. I never really wanted it to begin with. And, it, and I was just, I was just letting it go because I had nothing better going. And again, I say this, like, I'm not proud of myself for doing that, but I want to share these examples because I know so many people are involved in these situations right now. And if I could go back in time and give her a piece of advice, I would have told her to really dig in with me. Like, what do you want? And what do you want with me? And, and do you see a future together? And like, I would have recommended for her to really dig in and get the truth out of me. Because the truth is, no, I had no intention to be with her long term. And if she had really pushed it, I would have been honest with her about it. But her willingness to avoid it also allowed me to avoid it. And then... Like at the end of the day, like I feel bad because she's the one who ended up getting hurt. She's the one who ended up getting hurt. So, you know, these, these situationships, these are a part of our growth. But the the way they serve us is they serve us in practice, in clarifying what we want, 
in, in developing the courage to ask these difficult questions, to have these conversations, to create these boundaries. They, they have, they come into our lives for that reason. They come into our lives for the purpose of our growth. And when we misunderstand them, we cling to them. And so really the message today, if I could put it in a nutshell, is in every experience you get involved in, every person you get involved with, every relationship or situationship, you want to be actively clarifying your truth within that environment. You want to actively be clarifying like what's real for you, what matters to you, what's important for you, what's honest for you. And you want to not only be clarifying that within yourself, but you want to be creating that in the relationship in conversation with this person, in relationship with this person. And if you do that, if you're very strong in doing that, then these relationships, these situationships, will not overstay their welcome. They will come into your life. You'll have some experiences with someone. Maybe you'll share some adventure with them. Maybe you'll share some good times with them. You'll share some laughs. You'll share some intimacy. You'll learn some things. And you'll ultimately recognize that this relationship cannot offer you what you're really looking for. And it might be challenging and and there might be a little bit of a process of getting there. But eventually you will let it go. And you will let it go either from your own self recognizing that, you know, this relationship just doesn't have the potential to offer me what I'm looking for. And I don't want to do that to myself any longer. So you'll either let it go from that place or it'll be a mutual thing where you both come together and realize like, hey, this was great and and we're grateful for this experience that we shared together, but we recognize that we want different things We recognize that ultimately, long-term, this relationship is going to become hurtful to both of us. And so mutually, we call it off. And if you allow them to end like that, you will integrate these lessons and you will call in a greater experience the next time around. So... The message is, let go of what's no longer serving you. And recognize that when you handle these situations consciously and from a place of power, you you only open yourself up for more of what you want. Every time something leaves your life, something better comes in. All right, so with that, I'm going to read through some of these comments. I'm going to open up for questions. 
have about 30 minutes or so to take some questions today. So I'm just going to take a moment. I'll read through some of these comments and uh, we'll get to your questions. So uh, I'm going to start with this question from Angel's daughter. And uh, she says, so mine seems avoidant, but every time I try to break it up, he has the conversation and stays and slowly moves closer to me and the relationship slowly evolves. It's so confusing. Yeah, so this is, uh, I love that you brought this up because this is probably a lot of people are in situations they're like, is this a situationship or a relationship? I don't even know, <laughs> right? It's like, it's so confusing because it has signs of both. And so if anyone's in that situation, and thank you so much for bringing that up, it's a great place to start with today. Um, I, I think what you want to do is you want to really lean into the vision. And, and you, can, you, know, you can even challenge him. Here's my puppy jumping up here. <laughs> All right. Um, you can lean into the vision and even challenge him a little bit. Like, like you could, you could say to him, like, look, I, I, I know you say that you're open to these things and, and I know you, you know, you, you make these promises of commitment, but like in my experience of this relationship, we are moving at a snail's pace here, right? Like we, this is moving just so slowly for me. And, and I feel like at this pace, we're never going to get where I want to go. So like, I, I just, I really want to have a conversation about our future right now. And I want to have a conversation about the future that you see for us and what you believe is possible for us. And, you know, I want to talk about a timeline. Like, when do you think we're going to get there? And, you know, like, this now I want to be clear. This is not a conversation I would have two weeks into a relationship, right? Like that would be crazy. It would, it would like, it would just be insane. It wouldn't, it wouldn't serve you. It wouldn't serve the other person. But if you've been with someone for a couple of years and you're still in like this limbo place, like at this point, there's nothing to lose. You're either going to get this relationship on track or you're going to get out of it. But letting it go on like this for another year doesn't serve you, doesn't serve the other person. Okay. So if, you know, if you've gotten, I would say, if we're going to talk about timelines here, I would say in general, if you're beyond the six month mark, if you're approaching a year and you're not really clear about what this person wants or what the future would look like, like if I'll just give an example, my wife and I had conversations within the first three months about what we wanted our futures to look like. Like within the first three months, we discussed that I would, that if we worked out long-term, that I would move to New Jersey because we had a long distance relationship. We were 1,200 miles apart and she was really tied to her life in New Jersey. Me, on the other hand, I could work from anywhere. I work from home. I travel for work. So it was like, it didn't really matter where I lived. So very early on, we were like, all right, if this works out long-term, I can move to Jersey. That's no issue. You know, very early on, she was like, you know, I want to have kids and I just want to know if you want to have kids. And I, and I, and my answer was honest. I said, look, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've always saw kids as a part of my future, but I understand that's important to you and I can be open to it. And if we end up together long-term, then yes, we will do that. Right. So that, that was like an answer I gave her three months into our relationship. 
Now, for some of you, it might seem like, wow, you were having these conversations so early on. Well, there's a reason. And I didn't, I didn't have these conversations in all my relationships so early on. But the reason it was able to happen this way between me and my wife was because there was no resistance. We both wanted the same things. We both wanted a long-term committed relationship. So when the conversations came up, there wasn't any of this like, whoa, hold on a second, slow down. Don't you think this is a bit much this early on? That only comes up when one of the people don't want it or when one of the people isn't clear about what they want. So it's very natural for us to have these conversations because we were both clear about what we wanted. We wanted the same things. We got on the same page about that. We moved forward in that way, right? So if you've been with somebody more than six months, going on a year, and you haven't had these conversations with them, I'm going to tell you right now, you got nothing to lose at this point. You got nothing, like you cannot possibly lose. You've been with them long enough to bring up anything. And, and the only thing you could lose is something you never really had to begin with. And you were only pretending you had it. You were only pretending that you had a relationship. When the whole time there was nothing real there anyway. There was no real commitment. There was no real possibility. There was not a real future for you. And you were only pretending that there was. So, you know, to the person who asked the question, I would say dive in, like, like, let him know, let him know, like, look, we've been doing this long enough and I am ready to get on track in the relationship that's going to be my lifetime partnership. Like, I'm ready for that. I have given you plenty of time to find out if you're ready for that. So I need to know, like, what's your vision for the future? This is my vision for the future. And, you know, can you get on board with that? Can you see it in the way I do? Can you fall in love with that vision in the same way I have? Can we create this together? And if you can't get clear about that, if you can't get clear about that, then what are we doing here? What's the point? Are we just going to keep pretending we have a relationship until it, until too much time goes by that neither of us can have what we really want? Is that what we're going to keep doing? So that would be my recommendation. You know, I, I see your comment here. You say, this is long distance, 2.5 hours away, and I'm in his town 10 days a month for business and family there. I hear you right now. I feel confident in having that kind of convo. Thank you. Awesome. I love that. Beautiful. And, and thank you so much for for your question. I, I love your response there. And I'm glad I inspired you to do that, you know, and, and just like recognize that you, for you and for everyone, you cannot lose anything that's real people. Like I really want everyone to get that. You can't lose anything that's real. You can only lose something you never had to begin with. So yeah, beautiful question. Thank you for your share and send in love your way. Uh, and you know, Send in love and courage as you get ready to have this conversation. All right. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. This question is from Mavisnam. She says, what if traumas let that person stuck in some, hold on. What if traumas had that person stuck in some critical situations with, which haven't let him work for making things better by keeping the fear of ghosting in mind that what people will think if I do this or that? Okay, so that's, 
what I'm hearing in your question, and you can you can confirm in the comments if I'm hearing this right, but you're saying, what if his past traumas and his fears of what people will think of him and his fears of getting ghosted or his fears of going all in and then having you leave, right? So, so your question is, he has some trauma from the past and he has some fear and that's preventing him from moving forward in this relationship in the way that I might really want to. So what about that? And what you're really asking is, should I have compassion and understanding for his fear and his trauma? And should I make concessions for that in this relationship? Beautiful question. Wonderful question. So like, I want to say this, and, and this is so important for everyone, especially those of us who are conscious or have been through therapy or have, you know, are, are learning about ourselves. Here, Bubba, I'm going to put you down, okay? I just had to put him on the floor. He's all up in my lap. <laughs> um, but so for those of you who have become somewhat conscious, you've been in therapy, you've developed awareness around these things, especially when you're aware of your own traumas and your own fears and your own reservations, it's very easy to become sympathetic to others. And, and it's honestly a good thing in a lot of ways. But this is what I want to say. Is it is not your responsibility to work on someone else's trauma. It's not your responsibility to work on someone else's trauma. It's not your responsibility to heal someone else or to bring them to a place when they're ready. And if you are inclined to do that, so if you're in a situationship with someone right now and it's run its course and you're like, I know it's time to leave, or maybe you're not consciously aware that it's time to leave, but on some level you're feeling that it's time to leave. And then you're telling yourself, well, he has all this trauma. He has all this fear. He has all this fear of what it's going to look like or what people are going to think of him or of, you know, going all in and being let down. And you're saying, well, I should just be patient with him. I should give him more time. I should give him more, you know, opportunity to work through this. I should help him work through this. What you're probably doing is being understanding of what he's going through to justify staying in the relationship, even though in your heart you feel that you should not. So did everybody catch that one? Your understanding this is something you are doing to justify your own unwillingness to follow your heart and follow what you know is right here. Because no, it's not your job to heal anyone. It's not your job to resolve their trauma or resolve their fear. What you want to do is find someone who wants the things that you want enough to work through those fears. Like, I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest, like getting married to my wife, there's the idea I'm never going to be with anyone else ever again. There's, there's the idea that, you know, what if this doesn't work out? I mean, how do I know she's the right one? How do I know there's not someone better? I mean, there are all these ideas. And I can choose to be run by those ideas and to be like, sorry, I can't marry you because I have all these fears. Or I can choose that I want this partnership enough 
I can choose that I want this partnership enough to work through those fears. It's like, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I just, I'm just thinking back to, you know, around the time that I was getting ready to get married to my wife. And it's like, yeah, you know, like there's some fear, there's some uncertainty. Like I don't, I've never been in this kind of commitment before. I'd never been in a relationship for this long before. I'd never promised that I was never going to be with anyone else ever again before, right? Like there are, there are fears, there are reservations around that. But instead of withdrawing from the relationship because of those fears, I'm actually talking to my coach. I'm actually like expressing those fears to people I trust. I'm working through them. I'm understanding them. Uh, like, and that was something that my wife didn't have to make me do. It was something I did because I wanted this relationship to succeed. And so if you're staying with someone, being understanding of all their fears and all their doubts and all their insecurities and all their traumas, and you're making concessions in what you want to allow for those fears and those doubts and their traumas, my question to you would be, why are you willing to put your needs and your desires underneath theirs. And it ultimately comes down to either you don't believe that you can have what you want or you're afraid to let go, but it, it, it's, it's somewhere in the realm of I'm, I'm justifying my, my need to hang on to this. There's something in my heart that I feel strongly like I need to let this go. It's not right. It's not going anywhere. This person isn't ready. This person doesn't want it in the same way I do. This person isn't willing to work on themselves the way I'm willing to work on myself and on and on and on. And, you know, going back to everything we've been talking about today, like your opportunity for growth in this relationship is to get yourself to the place where you're no longer willing to do that. So this relationship that you're in right now with his trauma and his fear and his doubt and his uncertainty and his non-committal stuff and his fear of getting ghosted or his fear of this or his fear of that, this relationship right now is such a gift for you because it is reflecting to you what you believe you're worth, which is non-commitment which is I'm too traumatized to commit. I'm too afraid to commit. I'm not ready. I'm not willing. And it's giving you the opportunity to see that within yourself and make a different choice about it. So I see those fears. I see those doubts. I, I see that unworthiness. I see that belief that I can't have it. And I'm going to choose to rise above it. And this relationship has come into your life for the purpose of awakening that within you. But now you've got to choose to awaken to that. He's not going to be able to do it for you. Just like you're not going to be able to him, uh, you're not going to be able to heal him. He's not going to be able to heal you. You've got to choose that for yourself. All right. Great question. Beautiful question. And, you know, I would just encourage you to go deep inside your own heart and 
learn those lessons, you know, like just deeply recognize that, you know what, like, I don't care what your reasons are. Like so many people, like, I don't care what your reasons are. I don't care if you've been traumatized. I don't care if your ex cheated on you. I don't care if you're afraid of how it's going to look to your friends when you get committed to me. Like, I don't care about any of that. I just care about if you're ready to make the same kind of commitment that I'm ready to make or not. And if you're not, your reasons don't matter. If you need to go to therapy, I totally support that. And I think you should if you need it, but I'm not going to sit around and wait for the next seven years while you figure this out in therapy. Because I deserve someone who's ready for me now. I don't deserve to put my life on hold, waiting and hoping that one day you'll be ready, thinking that it's somehow my job to work you through your trauma. That's not my job. That's your therapist's job. My job is to be your partner. And if you're not ready to be my partner, then you don't deserve me as a partner. So that's my answer. And I I hope you can find the strength and the courage within yourself to really honor that and move with it. Okay, uh, next question is from Christy Dreamin. She says, I experienced the situation you explained you went through. When I confronted him, it finally ended. Why can't I fully move past what I thought was great? It was actually talking to what it was actually talking to older women still. Okay. So, so you experienced the same thing I went through. Um, when you confronted him, it finally ended. And your question is, why can't I fully move past what I thought was great? Well, and, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring this up too, because this isn't something I really touched on today, but it's an important part of it. Just because you recognize you deserve more or you're ready for more or you want more, or just because you recognize that this person is not the one for you, doesn't mean you're not going to have your own emotional experience of the situation. You know, like logically I can say, okay, we have completely different visions for the future. This person has shown no signs of, of making a commitment anytime soon. You know, it's if I just play the tape out here, I can see that I'm going to be waiting for a long time and this relationship isn't going to really move forward, right? So logically, you can recognize that. Emotionally, you have an attachment. Now, like, if we talk about what attachment is, I mean, when you're a baby, when you're a helpless baby, you are completely dependent on someone else to care for you. You can't provide anything for yourself. You can't feed yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You can't take yourself to the bathroom. All right, so as a baby, you have to attach to people for survival. So in the very beginning of our lives, we learn attachment out of necessity. This is a chemical biological process. There are certain chemicals that get released in our body that cause us to want to attach to people. And, and that, I mean, there are lots of reasons for it, but evolutionarily speaking, us doing this perpetuates the human race. All right. If we didn't have these chemical reactions that caused us to want to attach to people, we'd have no interest in relationship and the race would just die out. Okay. So there's a reason all of this happens, but we are, 
we are at a stage as human beings where we are conscious enough to have the ability to rise above our instincts, to not be completely driven by chemical reactions in our body. And so when you logically and rationally understand that this relationship is not going where you want it to go, that it doesn't have the potential to become what you want it to become, and you choose to remove yourself from it, you are dealing with the chemical and emotional attachments that you've built to that person. And look, I mean, the the story I shared earlier about the woman that I knew from the beginning that I, I never really wanted to be with her long-term, that she wasn't the kind of person that I saw myself with long-term. I still felt it when we ended. You know, I still shed a tear for it. Like it was, you know, even though I wanted out of that relationship and even though it was easier for me to move out of it than it was for her, I still had an attachment to her. I mean, we spent a year and year and a half of our lives together talking every day. We went on vacations together. You know, we, we shared so much with each other. You know, even though I didn't want to be in a romantic partnership with her for the rest of my life on, on a level, I deeply cared about her. And then, you know, I mean, to make it worse, and, and I totally understand this, and I don't even blame her for it, but she, like, kind of hated me after that, you know, or, or, or went, you know, would vacillate between, like, love and hate. And, and, like, seeing that happen for her was very hurtful for me. Like, like, knowing that I really care about this person and knowing that I want the best for her and knowing that I couldn't give her that and, you know, doing my best to, like, honor this relationship in the best way I could and having her not really be able to understand that like all of it was hurtful for me and 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 as hurtful as it was for me I think it was a lot more hurtful for her and you might be on the end of this where it's more hurtful for you but what I want to say is like this is all very normal right so when you move out of a relationship that you formed an attachment in, you are going to experience the emotional fallout of breaking that attachment. And this expectation that I, I, I knew it wasn't right for me, so why am I still hurting? I mean, that's so harsh. It really is. That's just so harsh. And, and what I want to say is just like, be a little kinder to yourself, right? This is not a this is not a logical process alone. Logic is a part of it. But this is a living, breathing, emotional process, right? Like this is, this is a, a it's like, I mean, it's, it's getting in to your childhood attachments and the way you attach to your parents and the, the emotional experiences that you feel in, in romantic relationships are as deep as those that you feel with your parents. And so it's, it's totally normal to feel that. And what I just want to encourage you to do here is like really, really acknowledge that part of yourself too. And just because you know intellectually that this isn't the right relationship for you doesn't mean that you're not going to go through a process of letting go, through a process of grieving. Like when we talk about the six stages of grief. I think there are six. Don't quote me on that. But it's like, you know, there's anger, 
or first is denial. Then there's anger. Then there's bargaining. Then there's, I don't even know them all from memory. So, you know, again, don't quote me on this, but, but eventually you finally come to acceptance. You finally come to having gone through the emotional fallout, having gone through the sadness. So sadness is one of them, right? So having gone through the sadness, having gone through the grief, having gone through the suffering, having experienced all of this fully and really, you know, when people go through a breakup, often what they do is they go, screw him. He was an asshole. I don't need him. And I'm just going to move on. And, and when we do that, we like repress the emotional experience of the relationship. And that's not healthy. And it doesn't help us move on in a healthy way. So what you really want to do right now is connect to like, yes, I know this wasn't the right relationship for me. I know I'm doing the right thing by moving on. And on a certain level, I really loved this person. On a certain level, like I had deep feelings for them. To some extent, I had dreams about the life we might have together. You know, part of me was hoping for that. Part of me was wishing for that. On a, on a certain level, like I attached to him or her and I, I relied on him or her for validation, for companionship, for, you know, just so many of our human needs. You start to rely on that person for those things. And so now you are conscious enough to recognize that just because you had some of those things, that doesn't equate to the long-term relationship that you really want to have. And yet you can honor the things that you did have in that relationship. You can honor the experiences you have. You can honor the loss that's taking place right now. Like, yeah, you know, you're gaining things. You're gaining possibility. You're gaining openness. You're gaining like the invitation for something new and better to come in. But there's also a loss. You know, I used to talk to this person every day. Now we never talk anymore. So what you really want to do is you want to be present to all of it and kindly love yourself through the grief, through the letting go. And doing that is actually going to deepen your heart and make you more emotionally available for the next person or the next situation that comes along. And so that's, yeah, that's just what I want to say about that. I want to, I want to really like let you know that this part of the process, it's not something that has gone wrong in the process. It's just, it's just as much a part of the process as every other aspect of the relationship was. And it will pass. It'll pass. Like it's not going to last forever, but, but try to, try to really honor it for as long as it's there. Let go consciously rather than pushing through it and repressing your emotional experience of the situation. That'll deepen your heart for the next person who comes along. All right. With that, I'm going to close it out today. Um, sending so much love to all of you. Beautiful questions coming in from everyone. Really, I just want to say so many beautiful questions, so many beautiful shares. 
I see so many of you connecting and supporting each other in the chat and sharing your stories with each other in the chat. I just, I love that. And I love that you're connecting with each other here and supporting each other. And um, yeah, just sending so much love to all of you, wherever you are, um, whatever's going on for you. To those of you who tune in on the podcast, um, so much love to you as well, wherever you are, what's going on for you in your life, just sending so much love. And I know that uh, the things we talk about here are difficult. You know, and there really aren't clean lines. All the all the lines in these conversations are a little bit gray. And the the nuance and the complexity of our emotional experience and our logical experience, and it is it is just a very complex and and crazy uh, complex and crazy thing to navigate. And so I just want to. I just want to send you so much love on your journey and, and know that you're supported and that, uh, you know, everything you dream about, it is possible. And if you're on the journey to it now, or if you're in the process of creating it, like just, just trust yourself and, and deepen that trust in yourself and, and continue to grow that trust in yourself and continue to act on that trust in yourself. When to stay, when to go. You know, when, when has a relationship run its course and really feel that and trust that. And uh, yeah, just sending you so much love, everybody. So lots of love. Um, I look forward to seeing all and uh, being with you all next week. And uh, until then, lots of love and many blessings. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.